Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Saturdays with Jenny. Well, joining us in the studio is Katlejo Sokoto, and of course she is a staffer, otherwise she would not be in the studio. <laughs> and um, and I, I have to say that I really, really miss, I'm now beginning to miss having my guests in the studio. Yes. You know, where you can see their eyes and whether they're laughing or, you know, whatever it is. Yes. And uh, I mean, I remember I took a video of you on your very first day of reading the news. You and, you know, you could see the apprehension on your face. Then you could see the relief on your face when it was finished <laughs> and there were no mistakes and things. I really do miss seeing people so thanks very much indeed for joining us. Now, You're most I, welcome Jim. I gave you a book called The Book of Echoes by Rosanna Amaka. Yes. And it is a book that has gained um, really, really interesting reviews and it's a story about the, everything that I have read about the book says that it's inspirational how a boy from Brixton and a girl from Le- Lagos reinvent their lives in modern day London. Yes. How did you respond to it? Because it's quite a big fat book that you've got in front of you. It is. <laughs> so the book is, um, it's so laced with uh, culture in terms of how black people perceive culture in London and in Nigeria. And I think the, the two characters, Michael and, uh, and as well as uh, Ngozi, are the basically the the book starts with their lineage uh, so this woman who dies 200 years before they even come to before we see their story and uh this woman we actually never know her name because i understand that during that time with the slave trade you, you wouldn't even have people's names documented so it follows her story from when she died in london and it's basically this her is the slave this is the slave okay the slave woman and basically she dies in london and she dies in anguish and at the moment that she dies her daughter is taken away from her and she never actually she never actually uh, she had just given birth so we never she never actually saw her daughter or felt her as she did with her son back in nigeria and so we have these two lineages of her um sort of looking for each other and i think the main thing that i got from this book is that you know, in black households, when we discuss uh, some of the things that happen now and we don't understand what they are, and the term generational curse is the phrase that's thrown around. That's what I really got a sense of when reading this book. It's it's almost like there was this lost ancestor who was never... Uh, admired or known or you know when when people talk about praying to your ancestors no one is praying to the slave woman who died and her lineage is basically growing far apart in London and in Nigeria and you have these two uh, protagonists sort of um, without giving away too much of the book sort of drawn to each other and then creating a new life so, so, so let me just yeah. get this absolutely straight so she had a son in yes. Nigeria yes 200 years ago yes then she was nabbed for the the slave trade right and ended up in london right gave birth to a girl so it's a brother and a sister that's right 200 years ago and somehow or other this book traces them uh, and it is fiction but it's a it's a wonderful idea the story um traces them and inexorably Mm -hmm. they're drawn together yes even though they are now 
well, generations apart. Generations apart. And, you know, the, the beautiful thing is that because what happened was she was, she was actually taken to the Jamaican plantations first. And then the, I, that's where she met a man called Wind. We just know him as Wind. And that's where she has her second child, the baby girl. And then she's moved to London. And then in London, she loses her baby girl. So, you know, what we see are the, the ways in which people are black in London and in Nigeria and how even though, you know, in London, the boy Michael has, you know, he, he deals in drugs, he's in court, he's, it's really, uh, it's very bleak, the life that he leads. And we also see uh, Ngozi who's in Nigeria, you know, who works for a white family and she cleans so that she can pay for her studies. And then we see sort of how even though one is in Africa, their home, the home of origin, and one is in London, um, that there's still the same sort of issues in just being black and being able to function every day. So the book is beautifully written. And I think, I mean, the one thing I got from the writing style is that it's not, it's not laced with poetry and uh, it's not... There's no subtext. It's quite literal in its description of the violence and the things that they go through. And so it's not an easy read in that it's it's not um, emotionally easy, but it is quite plain in terms of its description of what's happening. So I found that, you know, and, and it resonates because then you look at your own life as a young black person in South Africa and you can, you can really uh, relate to some of the things that the characters go through. So, so the 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 book has had fantastic reviews. Yes, would you give it a fantastic review? I mean, I know when I first asked you, did you enjoy the book? Yes, you you gave me um, a catlechal response. You said, <laughs> "I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if I enjoyed it because." I mean, novels don't have to be happy. Yes. Um, and this one is exploring, it is exploring race from what you're saying. Yes. And it's very intriguing, difference in Nigeria and the difference in, in Brixton in London. Yes. And um, which is a, I mean, it is a black suburb, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, and lots and lots and lots of Nigerians there. It's a, the culture is Nigerian mm. and whatever, but it is also English. It is. And so, you know, I would... I think it's it's so hard for me to read a book without thinking of my own life. So as much as I gave you sort of a confusing answer, it were, it's that thing of, I know the story. I feel it. Um, South Africa's so racially divided, so much inequality. So then it's just like, hmm, Michael, I get you. You know, Ngozi, I get you. And as much as so, so what it becomes is I think the beauty of it is then for me to understand the different complexities of dealing with gangs uh, and drugs and drug trafficking in London. And it's a it's an underworld that I don't necessarily know. So that was quite beautiful to sort of learn. And Ngozi as well, sort of dealing with, um, you know, a white family that she has to sort of um, she sort of has to limit her expression of herself and then you know that that sort of both of them in different parts of the world sort of not expressing who they really are so i would recommend it because it's it is so beautifully written and you do get um immersed in the lives of the characters uh you really can really just 
be swallowed up by the book, which is a beautiful experience. Um, but it is harsh and it is sad and it is uh, rough. The texture is quite rough. Yeah. Well, life sometimes for many people is rough mm. when you think about your ancestors when i um think about my ancestors living in you know freezing scotland yeah and how did they manage i mean how did the women marry you mm -hmm. know manage we only know about the ones that managed successfully because i'm here mm. but but the ones who didn't and the first time i visited ireland the village where my my irish family comes from there were women going down to the river with with pails on their heads. I, I, I looked at it and I thought, this cannot be. This is the 20th century. Mm. But it was true. Mm. And, and we just don't know. We don't know what our ancestors did. That's right. And I think just talking about that, that, that theme of ancestry, if you look at the character of the, the woman who 200 years before gives birth and, and, and dies, the book is she so she comes in between their story and we see her sort of getting excited um at the prospect that these two lives are meeting at the prospect that her lineage is coming together but then we also see the sadness and we also see her interpretation of this new world um which is also a beautiful perspective in terms of how would someone you know during the slave trade view london brixton and nigeria in the 1980s 1990s so that's a it was a it was a nice thing to to see that perspective but she can't influence them no it's just her spirit that is that's right that is there so she can see her descendants yes but she can't she can't influence them in any way no it's not hollywood no it's 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 a thing of she must also as a spirit believe in divine intervention which is also quite interesting because she you think ancestry already divine but you're quite right in saying that she couldn't influence that she must also pray to a higher god to say you know can my lineage be healed in a way what was the part of the book that most moved you was there was there a chapter or something in the book that that moved you almost to to tears do you want to read something um yes i have i uh, have okay. a, a passage here that was quite um I, I liked it because it was Michael, he was at, uh, he was in court. So he was getting dressed for court. Um, and this was in relation to his drug charges or drug trading charges. So I'll just read this short passage, Jenny. Um, the court case starts today. Michael is dressed in a black suit and white shirts, his locks tied back. He's never worn a suit before, but then he's never been to court before. With his cuffed hands, he pulls at the unfamiliar sensation of the tie around his neck, takes a quick look back at the prison building behind him as he walks towards the police van, breathes in, then out, and watches the cold mist escape from his nostrils. The guard opens the door of the van. He climbs in and takes a seat opposite a little window in the top left-hand corner. The door slams behind him and the guard bangs on it twice. The engine starts up and the van moves off. Michael catches glimpses of red brick, then blue sky and the green of the treetops as they drive through the streets of London. This is it, he thinks. The beginning of the end. You see, he has an uneasy feeling about all this. Uneasy like a sensitive stomach at sea. They've dropped the murder charge, as they said they didn't have a witness for that. As for the drug, tra drug trafficking charge... What evidence do they have? 
And I really like that passage because it was it was that uncertainty, like, you know, thinking of little young black guys, young black men, especially in South Africa, that sort of um, dealing with a court system that's foreign, that you don't know, that you don't understand, sort of this outside people dealing with your life. Um, and they don't care. Yes, and they don't care. Mm. And you're sort of on your own. And I thought how disempowered he was in that moment. Uh, and it could be re- in relation to some of the court reporting I've done myself. And so where you see, you know, you know, whether someone's guilty or innocent, this sort of just not knowing of what's being dealt with your life. And I thought it was quite a lonely moment. So you recommend this book. Obviously, it's had quite an effect on you. Yes, it has. Katleko, thank you very, very much indeed. Katleko Sokoto, um, just reviewing the book. And it's called The Book of Echoes. It's by Rosanna Amaka. It's published by Transworld and it is widely available. So go and get it. It's quite a big fat book and it's going to keep you reading as we move into spring. So go get a copy and uh, and explore it. And you, it sounds to me as if you're going to be the richer for it. Saturdays with Jenny. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.